All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, as you guys have already read the title, we're going to talk about Batman the Animated Series. Kind of like a 30-year retrospective, in a way. Actually, I'm going to do over the course of the month of September, just to talk about it, because for people who don't know, Batman the Animated Series came out legit 30 years ago on September 5th. And it's crazy to think of the legacy that it left behind and how it changed the whole idea of, you know, comic book cartoons just being campy and not being taken seriously. It showed that you can give good, fun stories, but also give very, you know, deep complexity at the same time. And it showed arguably that, if, if anything, that within the Batman the Animated Series universe, they gave the world a definitive Batman that even to this day, some people will look at as the definitive Batman. You know, I love Michael Keaton. He was my Batman in a lot of ways, but if I'm being honest, Kevin Conroy being the voice of Batman and Batman the Animated Series and just the influence it had on me, that ends up being my definitive Batman at the end of the day because they flushed out his character so well and gave that chance to really be expanded upon. And I think that's what benefited Batman the Animated Series is it had the chance to be expanded upon. It had its chance to, I don't want to put this, really and truly be, you know, something extraordinary. And looking back on it 30 years later, it really is. You know, from All Leather Wings, which started it all, to The Cat in the Claw, to Heart of Ice, or... Heart of Ice, the Two-Face two-parter, you know, Clayface's two-parter, all the definitive episodes that a lot of people think of, you know, going back, and it's myself, I've been re-watching them, you know, it's just insane to just look at what they were able to do with all the censorship and all of, you know, the different things they really, different, shouldn't say... I don't want to put this, all the hoops they had to jump through in order to get that show on TV and just the amount of work Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, you know, Dan Reba and everybody that put work into it did just to get that show out there and to give you, give us as fans a definitive Batman story from, in a lot of ways, beginning to end. And it's crazy to think we got a beginning for Bruce and in a lot of ways an end to his character you know it just thinking about that's just insane and we'll we'll do more episodes this is kind of just a quick retrospective of just the impact it's had so far you know people forget you know, just how good the series is when you don't watch it for a long time, like I did. You know, I 
I just randomly started rewatching because I was like, you know what? I just need something different. I just need something that is lighthearted again. And like, I knew I wanted to rewatch Batman the Animated Series. I just need to get like, just be like, you know what? Just, just do it. And honestly, just rewatching it, looking at some of the character development, and in all honesty, looking at what was done and what they were capable of doing is just insane to me. You know, I mean, not even just speaking on the idea of, you know, Kevin Conroy being the voice of Batman, but Mark Hamill being the voice of Joker and defining that Joker role that almost no one could ever, you know, top. And people, the only thing people can really do is try to emulate. They can't even come close to even topping that. And it's just insane to just think of that. It, as you guys can tell, like, I, like even thinking about it myself is truly, like, it blows my mind. And that's just too you know, two key players of the series. It's not even talking about Lauren Lester or, you know, uh, oh why am I for, why am I uh, blanking on his name? Ron Perlman, who voiced Clayface. You know, he, him and his Clayface episodes just realistically set the tone for what you could do with Clayface. And redoing it, bringing characters that were arguably not even that important, but making them just this devastatingly powerful monster just was insane. And I mean, to this day, imagine putting that on T, like, imagine putting that on in like a movie. There's the insanity that would come out of that. Like, people just haven't thought about it. And be very ridiculous, but at the same time, it could be done. I mean, I'm surprised no one hasn't thought of doing a Clayface movie. You know, Batman versus Clayface. It it can work out really well. But the logistics of it, I can see, would be a lot. And Clayface isn't as strong of a character as, let's say, the Joker. Or, you know, Scarecrow. Or heck, even the Penguin, depending upon how he's written. And those are just his like main people. You know, the crazy part about it is, when you really look at what Batman the Animated Series really was, it was a noir show at the end of the day. You know, dealt with Batman versus mo- the mob. The super criminals really came about either thanks to the mob, in a lot of ways, or crazy wealthy businessmen. And it's crazy to think that a lot of ways, that's how the story kept. And they really pulled from Bill Finger and Bob Kane's, you know, idea and set and story. You got that vibe. And Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Dan Reba, and all of them, they nailed that vibe so well. You know, man. It just makes me want to go back and watch more episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Like, I... During my rewatch, I finished all of season one. I'm on season two. I've watched mixed episodes throughout the whole series because I've seen it all. But I'm just enjoying doing my rewatch. And that's why I want to do, you know, more of these Batman the Animated Series, you know, retrospectives. And 
at the end of the month, hopefully we can do just the arguably the greatest DC animated movie ever. Because I love talking about it. And maybe I might go a little more in depth with it. Which is Batman the Mask of the Phantasm. And maybe we'll do Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. Batman Mr. Freeze. You know that movie. And then I really don't want to do Batman Harley Quinn. But that, that could potentially be put on there. Because I don't even think I've really talked about that movie in a long time. And I really haven't sat through and wanted to watch it. And then, of course, there's always Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which was a direct spinoff of Batman the Animated Series and the New Adventures of Batman. There's so much to really talk about that it will be a very interesting month, and I'm going to want to sort it all out. But I think for the most part, I'm going to probably limit it to Batman the Animated Series. And new and the new adventures of Batman, which is essentially just Batman the Animated Series season four, and we might talk about the comic books that they did that came out in 2020 and 2021, that were the new adventures of Batman continued, which kind of falls in line with that, which were done by Paul Dini and Ty Templeton, and kept the Batman the Animated Series and new adventures of Batman going from that, just new stories they had, so. And that again, there, there's just so much to really talk about and really have fun with. And hopefully you guys enjoy it. You know, I'm enjoying it. I'll probably talk about some of my favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series, probably in the coming up podcast, just to kind of just look at them and, you know, deep dive them a little bit and give just, you know, my take on it and just suggest you guys just rewatch the series in all honesty. I think that's probably the better way to put it. You know, rewatch all of Batman the Animated Series. If you have it, whether digitally or physically, or if you're like, hey, I've been on the fence about buying it, go to Target, Walmart, wherever, buy Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray. It is, you know, worth it. The animation's been redone, and it is... Truly, and I mean truly, just a sight to behold. Just looking at just the re, like the updated scale and look of them is crazy. So, I guess we talked more about Batman the Animated Series. Let me kind of continue, kind of its influence from there. So. After you had Batman the Animated Series, of course you had, you know, the new adventures of Batman. You had Batman Beyond, which was, imagine what, you know, what it would be like 40 years in the future. Which put it, I think, at 2040 with Batman. Or no, it was 2030. I think it was 2030 or 2040 is where they put Batman Beyond. That Again, that's another series I want to rewatch from, like, start to finish because I love that too. And that in a lot of ways, was, to me, almost, I, you know, I will, I'll admit it, I have Batman, the animated series, and Batman Beyond, arguably, on the same perch. Now, I think I ended up liking Batman Beyond a little more, just because, if I'm being honest, Batman Beyond, it was able to go different, 
And I felt as though, as much as I love Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond was able to do homage to it, but then do it better. Because it gave you new stories. You wouldn't just feel like, oh man, I could read this in a comic. Or it wouldn't, you know, be just very limited. It was a new way of looking at Gotham City. And all that. So, that that's just my take. Personally, I, I try to keep Batman and ba- Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond on the same level. I just happen to be a little bit bigger of a fan sometimes of Terry McGinnis. Just because I love Batman Beyond, and particularly I love Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I literally, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker are my top two favorite DC animated movies of all time. So from there, I did skip over Superman the Animated Series, which I did do a retrospective, and the fact that it's a very underappreciated animated series. If you have not gone back and want, like listened to that, I do recommend it. But to kind of give the long and short of it, you know, Superman the Animated Series also defined what Superman could be. And to me, Tim Daly and then George Newbern, who came in at Justice League, they defined what Superman's voice and what he should be. You know, they didn't just go the George Reeves route or no, Christopher Reeves route. They didn't just, you know, go all the way back to the original Superman the Superman cartoons from the 30s. They pulled from it and they wanted to go that way, but they did. And then they did their spin where they involved Jack Kirby's artwork and they brought in Darkseid and they really and truly expanded what they could already do. So then... After Superman the Animated Series and New Batman Adventures, you had Batman Beyond. So, but then, of course, you go back in time, realistically, in the DC Animated Universe timeline, you have Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, which, I mean, I don't even know how I... <laughs> like, just thinking about all these shows, let, let's be honest here, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited defined how you can do a team show and do it to a precision of I, I you know what I I will put it out there Justin Justin Limited gave you perfection when it comes down to team writing. There's a reason why you know Avengers Earth's Mighty's Heroes had to copy that that style. There's a reason why Young Justice with, from Greg Wiseman copies that style. You know, there's it's very hard to do that type of series. But the fact that Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, and all of them continued, and they were just hitting home runs for the most part. Now, not every episode, even in Batman the Animated Series, was home runs. But they were able to continuously make sure, like, hey... It's a good episode. You can just tee it off. And they knew they would get views no matter which way they looked at it. And the fact they had, what, six series technically that spawned off that. And then 
multiple movies. And then, of course, the last movie that falls in the DC Animated line, which is a DC Animated Universe, or the Bruce Timverse, whichever one you want to go with, is Justice League vs. The Fatal Five, which, if you have not watched that, that, to me, is a highly recommend. Just in all honesty. Now, there is one series that I do feel like fits in Bruce Timm's animated universe. I just don't know where it kind of fits in. If I'm being honest with you, which is how which is how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps or the Green Lantern series Bruce Timm and them did in about 2011, I should say. And that's one that man, I don't even know where I want to put that. Because it's one that even when I, like, I knew of it, but I never really sat down and watched it. And before I even do an in-depth one, I want to rewatch it again. Because, I mean, I, I've done episode watches of it. It's definitely fun. You can tell it pulls from Jeff Johns. But I want to, you know, do a little more in-depth one at some point. And that's what I'll do. To be just more honest to the podcast. And this way people can be like, oh, hey, if it's something you want to check out, do it. If not, you know, the usual. So, huh. Just thinking about the, you know, thinking about all this, you know, with Batman 30 Years Retrospective, just thinking about all, all the movies, all the other series, the spinoffs, everything that came of it, and the fact that, and that's not even just TV series and movies, you know, the video games, the Arkham games, Definitely pulled from Batman the Animated Series in a lot of ways. They just did updates in a lot of ways, especially when you have Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill reprising their roles as Batman and the Joker. And then, of course, you have Arlene Arkin came in, did her voice for Harley Quinn in the first one, but then she ended up getting replaced for Tara Strong. And just... That felt like another continuation of Batman the Animated Series. Now, it wasn't directly, but you could tell the influence was there. And that's because, of course, you had Paul Dini writing it. You know, he was one of the scribes that, to a lot of people, he really defined the series. Now, thinking about it, think about all that came of it. It came out of that. It's crazy to think it all started with on Leather Wings, which is essentially just this, you know, very simplistic Batman story that deals with Man-Bat. And, you know, Batman having to stop Man-Bat, cure him, and just defined, in a lot of ways, just kind of what the series could be. It's not one that's supposed to be this dark and foreboding series. It's a series that's supposed to define Batman at the end of the day. Gave you something different, something you would never be able to see in movies because at the time, CGI wasn't there. And even now, it's hard as anything to get like a Man-Bat, Clayface. Shoot, even getting Mr. Freeze right was hard. And that, that was Schwarzenegger. And to be honest, I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger should have been the guy chosen for Mr. Freeze to begin with. You kind of needed a guy with a little more, you know, stoicism and, you know, ability to 
play a cold character and not some, <laughs> I love Arnold, but making one-liners the way he did. And that that's just me. In, in all in all honesty, like if D if the DC DC went up and was like, you know what, let's just do a bunch of Batman movies and let's just do characters. You could easily do, you know, Poison Ivy again. You could easily do Mister Freeze. You can easily do Penguin. You can do all that. It was shown you could do it with the Batman, with you know the Riddler being the main guy, where the Riddler went from being Man who just, you know, leaves riddles behind for Batman to being, in a lot of ways, a serial killer. Which he, he was. And, you know, I had some issues with, but the more I thought about it, and the more I've, you know, done a rewatch of it, I don't mind it as much. Because it gives a motivation for Edward Nigma better than just say, like, hey man, he just got bored one day and started writing riddles and wanted to be a criminal. He wanted to just be that guy. So that that's just me. The reason why I'm and saying this and with the retrospective is within the Batman Batman the Animated Series retrospective is just because it gave you so many characters that you really don't even see on screen. Like, in all honesty, they just haven't. You know, of course, you've had Rachel Ghoul thanks to Liam Neeson. You've had Bane twice. One was technically more comic accurate. The other one was just Tom Hardy being a definitive Bane, which I didn't mind. I liked kind of what they did, and I honestly would have preferred him being the bigger bad guy. But that's just me at the end of the day. You've had Joker three times, Nicholson, Ledger... You've had, oh, no, four, technically four. You've had Leto, because I almost completely for, forgot about him. And then, uh, why am I forgetting the new guy? It's, uh, it's a Dominic Monaghan. He was from uh, the Eternals movies. He's going to be the new Joker. You've had four Jokers, I guess. Well, technically five, because we can go Cesar Romero. And then there's others. You know, I, I can go on and on. But a lot of the characters that they've done, they, they've had to play a certain way. Batman the Animated Series, in all honesty, if you really look at it from season one, it really is gangsters. That, you know, the mob and gangsters and everything like that, that really set that tone and then expanded outwards after, you know, On Leather Wings with Man Bat. You know, you had Rupert Thorne, you had, you know, uh, Death, you had Daggett, who was in a who was a businessman. You had so many different, you know, cor- corporate businessmen and mob bosses and everything like that, really being a part of Batman's day to day villainy in a lot of ways. Because it wasn't just limited to, you know, Joker and all that. When Joker and them were involved, it was cool, but for the most part, it was very street level and it kept it that way. And I know Batman Begins did that for the most part until it got to Ra's al Ghul. And, you know, it, it definitely redefined some stuff, but I understood why they went that way. And I know the 89 Batman started that way and it kept it that way. And then, of course, 
Joker being, you know, the right-hand man of, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Because all I'm thinking about is just the scene where he's like, oh, woman, and he's just yelling about that. And he's just getting all mad. It's, uh, oh, whatever. It, well, we'll talk about the 89 Batman at some point, too. It, it'll be mixed in there. If somebody wants to complain, I'll be like, it, y'all got to think, like, this is a lot. This is just coming off the dome and just really random rants for me. So let, let's just kind of bow tie this off. Overall, Batman the Animated Series defined what you can do with cartoons and storytelling. It showed the world you can do them and do them properly and get kids' interest when you put the time and energy into it. Nowadays, unfortunately, you don't get that. And mainly it's due to the time and the amount of money it costs to do that. It's also due to the fact that, you know, in a lot of ways, kids are not looking for a lot of the more serious stuff. And that that is very like very prevalent in a lot of ways. And I don't know if that's just society or if that's the children as they've grown up. They have because of, you know, tension spans aren't meant to be as long as they are. You know, I mean shoot, I remember, you know, coming home and watching Superman the animated series, Batman the animated series, Batman Beyond, Dragon Ball Z. Pokemon, Digimon, all that, you know, sitting back and watching the cartoons. Now, I do recognize that I didn't catch like every episode. I had to go back to rewatches, and that was great for Toonami, and a lot of them did. But definitely, you know, I had to learn that attention span. Nowadays, I just don't feel like maybe it's that way, and maybe that's just intentional. I mean, that's just how kids are now. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not a dad. All I can say is, you know, back then it was just different. And, you know, you really had to redefine it. You really had to sit down there. And I think doing that now, Batman the Animated Series can still be done and work that same way. I know they did talk about Batman the Cape Crusader, which was being done by Bruce Tim, And that was supposed to be really a return to the Batman the Animated Series in a lot of ways and do a lot of different things mixed into it, which I think as fans of Batman the Animated Series and fans of just DC in general, it wouldn't have been amazing to see, but unfortunately due to you know budget cuts and you know DC being bought up by Discovery and if you want to know more about that, you guys can Google and YouTube and do all that stuff. It Currently, a lot of that, it, it, I don't even know where I want to begin on that one. And maybe I'll do a variety podcast, kind of just talking a little bit about my opinion on it, which I probably will, just to kind of break up the monotony. I'm just doing a lot of just Batman the Animated Series stuff. But really and truly, it was a... Unfortunately, Batman the Cape Crusader was just a victim of, like, budget cuts and idea of, like, what if we should, what if we, you know, see who wants to to buy it and stream it, and we just share rights. 
Honestly, I, I hope the series comes out. I know there's currently a bidding war. I think Disney and who Disney under Hulu is one to get it, which I mean I think that'd be good. I also think, if I'm being honest, Netflix would probably benefit from it. And I mean, shoot, if Amazon was just like, hey, we'll, we'll do it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Amazon's currently, you know, setting some bars pretty high with their and with with their animated series so far. Well, why with their superhero stuff, which has been a lot of image and or technically a lot of the indie scene. I shouldn't just say image because you have Invincible and you have The Boys. Those have been the top two so far. So, tie it off. Rewatch Batman the Animated Series if you have the chance. Watch it with your kids. Watch it by yourself. Do whatever. Treat yourself and recognize what that series truly meant and what it defined for a whole generation of fans of, you know, cartoons, superheroes, you name it. It truly redefined that. And it defined, you know, storytelling aspects and how you can make them work. And I think that's something that, if I'm being honest... Past, you know, the DC anime movies, it's a little bit lost right now. And I think that we kind of need to return to it. And you can see the influences of Batman the Animated Series even going into, like I said, Greg Weissman's Young Justice or his Spectacular Spider-Man, which I will talk about that at some point. I think that is a good one to talk about. So with that being said... Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And you guys can find me on Anchor, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcast. As well as you guys find me on Facebook, tw- uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Nerd Stuff with Ian. And, yeah, it's a great day. Bye-bye.